All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's after 5 o'clock and a busy busy Tuesday afternoon. If you missed any of our earlier guests, uh, The Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We had Derek Ryan on the show, a really good breakdown. Uh, He didn't essentially negotiate by himself. Uh, His agent, advisor, uh, did still help him, although he met with Ken Holland, had a lot of chats face-to-face, did get some help from uh, his agent, uh, he said advised him uh, throughout the process said hey i kind of knew where i was at my career what i was looking for i want to win i want to be on a team that has a good chance to win and he feels that's here in edmonton uh, we had new flames head coach uh, ryan huska former teammate of uh, Stretti, who has been coaching since 2002 2003 when he started as assistant coach in Kelowna, was there for five years then he became the uh, head coach in Kelowna and uh, was a head coach for seven seasons then went to the uh, AHL as a head coach for four years and has now been an assistant coach with the Flames for the last five. And uh, now after 21 years of coaching, will have his first NHL head coaching job. Put in the time. Put in the time. So if you missed any of those, you can go to tsn1260.ca or go to jasongregor.com and each individual interview is there. Let's get to the Rashog Report now, brought to you by NextGen Transportation, a heavy call transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and a proud supporter of numerous youth sports teams. It's nextgentransportation.com, as we welcome in Ryan Rashog. And uh, Shogger, it's been talked about for a while. Derek Ryan, we all knew uh, he wanted to stay here. I think the orders liked well, they got from him uh, 900k for two years. It's kind of like he replaces uh, Devin Shore in the sense that if the second year isn't going great, uh, he can be a mentor in the American League and not count against the cap. Yeah, I think it's you know it, it's a fine number for for both sides um, for where he's at in his career. I think he really did himself a favor by 
you know, when you score that many goals and, uh, you know, show that you can still skate at this level, if you think about it, like over the last few years, he's really, he's spent some time like way down the lineup, barely being played. And then there's other times where he's just been an automatic, um, but he finished strong and played well and earned this. So yeah, it's good. I think he's a really good guy in the room. He's a veteran. He's a smart guy, cerebral guy. Wouldn't surprise me at all if when his playing days were done, he wasn't part of an organization in some way, shape, or form, because I think he thinks it on that level. So, yeah, I think the Oilers got to round out their bottom six. They got to get cracking on that, and uh, this is part of that. Uh, well, Ryan McLeod, we know, is coming back, uh, expecting a deal in around uh, $2 million bucks for uh, for Ryan McLeod. Uh, he's obviously going to get qualified by before the end of the month, and uh, then we'll f- either, f- I would assume, file for arbitration. Uh, probably doesn't go there based on uh, history of most guys who file end up uh, signing. Uh, he's back. Uh, I think Dylan Holloway is a guy who's going to start uh, in their bottom six. Other than that, you know, Warren Fogle, Kyler Yamamoto maybe. Uh, I don't think Nick Bukestad, the more people I talk to, Shogger, I, I get the sense that just he, he's going to test the market, and the, the market might be a little too pricey for the orders. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of been our sense on it from the start. Uh, probably be a few million bucks out there for Bukestad somewhere. When you score the goals that he scored when you're a big guy like that, Team's got a chance to look at him in the playoffs. A lot of the concern about him and the quality or level of his play uh, in Arizona. You put him into a competitive environment. You know what would that look like? And he he showed he, there's still there's still some real good game there. So I would agree. I mean, through the Oilers, you try and put a few years together and see if you can entice him to stick around. Um, but, yeah, somebody I think will, for his size and his ability to move, I think somebody out there will probably put some more on the table. So uh, that's why it's good. I mean, like I was putting together a depth chart the other day for them for uh, for TSN for our upcoming coverage, and she's pretty thin over on the right side, hey, if you uh, – and especially if you think about Yamamoto potentially being moved on too. There's, they're thin with guys that uh, shoot right, play right wing. And so it was good that they got Derek Ryan locked up here. Oh, yeah. Um, I know the right wing is an area of concern for sure. Um, Kyler Yamamoto, I think Kyler Yamamoto is probably a decent third-line player. I just I, I don't think he fits into Edmonton cap-wise right now. I think a trade's inevitable or worst-case scenario for them that there, there's a buyout uh, going yeah. on. I think Raphael Lavoie, because he requires waivers, is somebody who's going to get a look in training camp and yep. might, might start the season here. And then they'll go out, and you know there are some veterans always looking at, um, like Nick Felino, Corey Perry. The one veteran that I'm curious about, Zach Parise, was on seven hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. He scored twenty one goals in New York. Now he's still getting huge money from Minnesota, All right? So yeah. he does. You don't have to pay him much at all. I just wonder: is Parise is he comfortable there? Or does he want to go somewhere where he has a better chance for success? And you know, now he's never really been out to the West Coast, so maybe that's not realistic. But man, when I was crunching his numbers and what his cap hit would be, he's somebody that I would at least call upon. Yeah, I was looking at that a little bit ago too, and really, that's going to be a play for him. You know, where he wants to go, what he wants to do, what point in his career he's at. You know, does he want to have that opportunity? Um, kind of fire in his belly. What's the family situation? Kind of, there's a, a bunch of different different stuff that starts to factor in. For guys, when they uh, you know when they get to that age and get in that situation, it's interesting though. I mean, for sure. And if the dollar figure was uh, 
you know, he's he's I mean, he's had his he's made a lot of money for a long time. You know, so probably doesn't have to be a, about money at this point in time. But yeah, you're looking for guys that have that kind of experience and uh, that pedigree and um shows he still has game left. So yeah, he's definitely he's definitely on that list of players that you're hoping you can bring in at a decent dollar figure that can play up in the lineup. Um you know, and especially if they're playing with McDavid or Drysaddle, you can comfortably have him out there. So yeah, I, he's interesting. I agree. I agree with that. And it, but it's the answer to that just lies in so many things that we don't know. Like where's he at? Right? I mean, how? Yeah. Does it, does he want to have that chance? I'm sure if if he's willing to go somewhere on a deal that isn't much money, I mean, he'd probably be able to pick his spot among some contenders. So would he pick here? Yeah, you never know, but uh, Edmonton is in a much different spot. I think people around the league you talk to, they're like, hey, Edmonton's one of the legit contenders. They're not, I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite by any stretch of the imagination. They're a legit contender because you know what Edmonton needs to improve on. They need to improve on their goals against 5-on-5. Five five. I wrote the article today, Shogger. There's been a lot of talk. Well, Travis Konechny's out there. and Pierre Lebrun connected to Edmonton, and I'm just like, well, that's great. Konechny is the – it's like the worst timing po- – they don't need another $5.5 million winger. I'm sorry, they don't. That's – Edmonton has ranked 8th, 11th, and 5th in 5-on-5 five five goals the last three years. They've ranked 17th, 19th, and 21st in 5-on-5 five five goals against. Because what the cost of getting Konechny, which is probably Broberg and maybe a first, that's maybe two of your best assets, I'm not doing that for a winger. What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I've never really viewed it as a fit because I don't think that bringing in more guys to score goals is at the top of the priority list. And whatever cap space you have, I'm not sure you want to, you know, devote it to people who can score more. I think the orders score enough goals. I think I think whatever powder the orders have to to use this year needs to be directed at core issues, which are figuring out how they can cut their goals against down and defend a little bit better. But I don't know if they even know at this moment where that area is because, I mean, you know, I heard you talking earlier in the show about Vinny D'Arnais. Well, what, what level of improvement is possible from D'Arnais? Like, Strud and I were chatting this, about this the other day. Is it possible that Vinny D'Arnais could be pushing Cody Ceci um, if, he, if he takes some steps forward and has a great summer and works on some puck skills? Could he push Cody Ceci suddenly to be on one of those, one of those other pairings? You know, I think for the Oilers, you don't want to overreact. And part of it is bringing back as many of the – this team was close. Bring back as many of them as you can that, that makes sense. And then get a real – because we were talking about the need for a left-shot defenseman at training camp last year. We all were. But the feeling was wait until the deadline until you know exactly what you need. And that couldn't have worked out better for them. So I, it just seems to me like whatever big move they have is more later in the year because they don't know this moment exactly which hole to plug. But Konechny for me hasn't made sense because it's not that high on the priority list. Now, if your scouts tell you that the guy has more in him, the scouts tell you that uh, you know the way he's playing, that it's situational, whatever, you've got to pay attention to that, I guess. But it hasn't ever made a ton of sense to me. No, uh, I would agree. Well, hardly on that. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are one win away from their first Stanley Cup championship. Uh, it seems inevitable to me, especially with the uncertainty about Kachuk and 
you know what? Uh, if, if he doesn't play, it shows you how how banged up he is. Because we know that guys will tr- do everything in their power to try to gut it out and, and dress in the in the in the final playoff game. I just we saw it. You know, he doesn't have much mustard on his shot right now. I, I just all arrows are pointing to me that uh, this series is over. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, the chance for that group to win it at home, you think. You know that they'll come out and play a very mature game. They'll just kind of do their thing. It's going to be about how scrappy Florida can be, if they can get some great goaltending. I think Vegas is going to – I think this is going to be a night where Vegas really really steps on it, and they're going to need, you know, they're going to need some pretty fantastic goaltending to stay alive. Kachuk, I mean, if he's in, then – you know they've they're, they're scrappy, and when he's in there, he tends to do have pretty amazing timing and can do some pretty amazing things. So you don't want to count him out, but he's clearly hurting, you know. And yeah, kudos to him; he's battling through it as many guys are. But yeah, I would agree with you, man. It feels it feels done, but you know that's where Florida has kind of made people look foolish before. Lastly, Shogger, you look at. The uh, the rest of the offseason for Edmonton, uh, you know, there's lots of talk about Steve Stales, uh, especially now that Ann Lauer has the, the well, he's going to finalize this deal. It sounds like, though, the deal's not going to be finalized till official till later in the summer. Um, now, could you add a GM later in the summer? Yes. But then do you come in with, with a new GM and then you can't really fire anybody else because there's nobody to hire. Like, even right now, there's not most of the guys in management, most of them, not all, but most of them, a lot of them have their gigs already solidified for next season. So I, I don't think this, this ownership move in Ottawa is going to impact the Oilers maybe later in the in the fall, but it would seem like maybe more, you know, at the end of next season there'll have to be some sort of decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The new owner needs to be able to conduct some business through a critical portion of the year, though. I mean, I know it's going to take a little bit of time, and it's taken too much time, frankly, although the league will just say it's kind of due diligence. But if you're a guy buying the team and you know you know hockey, you know how important this next few weeks is even. So you'd have to think that, uh, that you know, it's just the old crew just going to run it entirely, like completely, even if replacements are potentially coming. I, I don't know the way that the mechanics of that work, but it's probably a little bit awkward because of the timing. Um, I think Steos, rightfully so, has always been very tied to this ownership group. There's a strong friendship there. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, whether it's whether it's this year or a little deeper into this year, and you know, you got to understand, too, what, what the deal looks like. I mean, at what point is he able to have those discussions and make a decision about leaving? A lot of times it's written in where if it's a, if it's a promotion or if it's a very clear promotion that a guy's going to get that, you know, you don't want to hold them back from that. But I know the orders value Steos too. So I think there were some conversations that were going to happen with him uh, in the very near term here. And I, I'm not sure how far down the path they got to, you know, figuring out what they would be able to offer him if an opportunity came his way, you know, like how much of a process have the orders undertaken to this point to figure out who the GM is going to be next season, you know, after this one coming up here. Um, you'd think they'd have to be in the middle of that, don't, wouldn't you? I would think so. Uh, I, like it would be risky for me 
um, to to say, okay, we're going to anoint. Like, I, I I think Ken Holland kind of outlined. He said, hey, Steve Stales is going to do more assistant GM job uh, this year. Right? That that would seem like the natural process. You'd have a better sense of okay, now he's done this. Let's see. I know he's been a GM at other levels, but the NHL is vastly different. Right, vastly different. You know, you're, you're, they had to change the rule in the Ontario League and how far you can trade away draft picks because they were so aggressive in Hamilton. They were trading picks six years down the road, right? Yeah. So it, it's just a different, it's a different thing that you can do there that just doesn't happen in the NHL. So uh, I, I think you know, even for Steve Stales, you know, getting more on the job training is never going to hurt you. So you know, this might make him even more suited and become even more valuable for Ottawa if he gets a year of training and working with a guy like Ken Holland who's seen and done it all for many years. So either that benefits Edmonton if he stays or he goes there and it benefits Steos, either one, I'd be surprised. I, I, I think it's probably better for all parties. I, I think, you know, the, the fact that Pierre Dorian interviewed with everyone, I get the sense the ownership's going to do to Pierre Dorian what uh, Anaheim did or Pat Verbeek did with his head coach last year. Just going to be like, guess what? I'm going to stick through and see how everything goes. And then he made the coaching change at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could well be the case. I just, you know, you come in as new ownership and it's season one. And it's not like they come in on a team where it's very clearly it needed to be torn down and rebuilt anyways, right? they got a good core in place and there will be some expectation there. And if you don't believe that's your guy moving forward, when you take control, you want to get your people in place right away especially on a team that you want to start shaping yeah, it right fair. now. You know, I, yeah. I think you don't want to have somebody's hands on the wheel in such an important position who you aren't invested in and believe in. You know, it's like the first thing you do, right? Sometimes you, you, know, you buy a new house and you're looking at it and you're like, eh, you know what, we're, gonna, we're, we're painting the kitchen, we're painting the, the, the walls and changing out the countertop before we even move in because you just, it's just what you do when you buy something new. <laughs> so we'll see, I suppose, is what I'm saying. But it, I feel like if a change is coming, even though the timing here is awkward, they're going to want to make that change. Could be very true. Shocker, good stuff, man. Have yourself a great day. We'll talk All to right. you more. You, you too, Pasia. Yeah. That's uh, Ryan Shock. Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, when we return, uh, we will go to uh, Ottawa and talk about the new ownership group. Uh, what's in store in Ottawa Coming up uh, next with Sean Simpson on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 5.47. Connor Halley with you along for the ride on a busy Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having an awesome day. Uh, you heard it. Uh, Papa John's terrific. 50% off Tuesday. It's always great. Uh, perfect barbecue weather again. Uh, many of you text in last week, talked about how they've never tried barbecued zucchini. Game changer. Oh, trust me. It is. I'm not a great chef. I like barbecue and I like trying lots of different things. And I would tell you the zucchini, I put a little, uh, I like put a little avocado oil on it. And then, uh, you know, try a few different uh, spices. Just adds to it. You don't want it too soft. Right? Almost El Dante, maybe a little bit, a little bit of softness, but not too much. And it's, oh, it's so good, man. When you barbecue, just put it on the top shelf of the barbecue. If you got your chicken or your steak on the bottom, ooh, tell me, game changer. It's very good. Let's go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's. You know what's good when it's hot like this? How about $2 Sundays or the $2 snack size milkshake or a dollar cone? Whew. Get them all right now at McDonald's.
And uh, a big day in Ottawa. The Senators, well, it's going to take a while until the deal is official. But uh, Michael Anlauer has come in and purchased the Senators for $950 million. He does have a few uh, local people who are part of the uh, ownership group, obviously uh, minority owners. Uh, We'll find out uh, how much minority and uh, what changes are coming, if any, this summer for the Ottawa Senator. Sean Simpson from TSN 1200 joins us. Uh, Simmer, this has been uh, eight months in the making, <laughs> yeah. uh, some people felt like maybe it, it almost drug on uh, too long. You had uh, some people yeah. dropping out. Um, ultimately, is this the best owner for the Senators? Uh, I, I don't know if it's the best, but I think it was down to a two-horse race. And when you saw the group drop over the weekend, uh, uh, Jason, I kind of looked at it and thought, to be quite honest with you, they had to wrap this up. So by all accounts, Ann Lauer's outstanding. Everybody you talk to says great things. So, yeah, it certainly feels like it's right there. So, like I said, it, it, I, I didn't think the process necessarily was that long, but that was more of I thought, okay, they're just going through the vetting process. Then I talked to one of the groups that had dropped out on the weekend and realized, you know what, this was very typical of what's going on with the Sens for a number of years here where <laughs> there was a deal to be had, everything was grinding out, and to be quite honest with you, from what I was told, Ann Lauer was ready to drop out Monday if he didn't get the bid, and, and there really wasn't anything left. The, the Sparks and the Kimmel groups realistically didn't have the funding, so it's great news, it's weird news, but I think it's certainly going to start a new era, and like I said, here in Ottawa, when I came back, Jason, in 2012 and have covered the Sens since, I, I really don't think people know what normal ownership is and I think for the people that live through the Ballard era or, or Peter Pocklington and you see the other side of it uh, I think that's what you're very hopeful for of just getting back to normal and getting back to someone that's incredibly passionate about being a, an owner of an NHL hockey team What about uh, changes now Like um, I, I've been hearing the official sale won't be closed until September but does yeah, that mean yeah. that no other like does that mean they can't make any changes with gms or not like if they know this is in place can they do it or are they not going to allow them to make any changes until they know for sure that all the t's are crossed and the i's are dotted well, you, you know what, from what I understand, and again, the only ownership I've ever been through is in Washington when Ted Leone just bought the team. And, you know, fortunately at that point when George McFouy all stayed on, I've kind of always thought the protocol was until you actually, you know, you know, take the keys. Until you actually own the house, you make the changes. But it's certainly yeah. a lot of speculation. And we operate so much on the NHL calendar, right? And we're looking at this week and we're looking at the draft. You're looking at the Debrinket trade. You're looking at all the timing. Um, I've got a gut feeling. And hey, you guys know Steve Stales very well and I, I connected that in December as I always try to do in hockey of hey here's a guy that worked for him went to apprentice in Edmonton I mean I would guess there's a pretty good chance he's coming in I also don't think people seem to think well if you get past July 1st you might as well just stick with the group uh, my guess is Ann Lauer is going to be moving here and when he finally gets uh, the keys to the keys to the car or keys to the house that he's going to make some changes but I think it's protocol until you're approved by the board of governors as you said I don't think you can go in and do that because gosh yeah. you make all these changes and then it's not ratified then mm-hmm. hey where are you at and from what I also understand I think this came together pretty quickly in a sense of the board had realized they had milked this thing too far they were left with the final person and so almost like when the CBA a lot of times is agreed upon there's so many issues to sort out 
I think there's a lot to sort out in this. As you pointed out on September, I've not heard that, but it makes sense. Uh, I think the buyer is in a real good spot here where I'm not saying the number will come down, but as far as the deal, there's no going back from the send side, from the board side. So we'll see how this plays out, but I, I think it could take a little while for sure, as you pointed out. So let's look at Pierre Dorian. Now, he was involved in all – he interviewed with every ownership group, and he's been yeah, very yeah. public that he feels, you know what, I'm secure here. We'll find out. Now, maybe he's mm-hmm. just – maybe he's pres of hockey ops and someone's GM, who knows. But So he's got to make some decisions. Uh, Alex DeBrincat, now, yeah. are they going to – I assume they qualify him just to maintain his rights? Well, you'd have to at this, Jason. But again, when the trade was made, and I said this, it didn't line up. You know, it was a sexy move, but it wasn't a move. And a player, hey, just like anybody else, when you look at Huberdo, all of a sudden you're moved. You have no idea. Paid him $9 million. He didn't play like a $9 million hockey player. I think he'll be better next year. At the end of the day, do you qualify him? Absolutely. But that's really where it gets dicey from Sen's perspective of. Obviously, he can't then be signed until after January 1st. So how is this all going to play out as far as a contract extension, a trade? It is really bizarre. And as far as Pierre Dorian talking very confidently, I think you have to. But as far as if somebody else came in, I don't see him working above a Steve Stale. So I don't think there's a chance. And again, if that if that's the indication of where it went. So how this plays out is really weird. And you've got a DJ Smith who has never been confirmed to be back as coach. He's kind of sitting there and you feel bad for him because what all of a sudden if changes come in September and there's a new general manager and coach, as we know, the window to try to find a job is not good. So the timing of this is interesting. How it'll play out. I don't think any of us, well, at this point, actually, none of us have any real clue as to what Ann Lauer, what we do know, he's an incredibly passionate hockey fan. He's very well-versed, and I've got to think well, on the business and on the hockey side that he's got his ducks in order, and whether or not that involves the current people, nobody knows at this point. There's, you know, Otto has lots of uh, irons in the fire, right? When you look at Debrinkat, like, yeah, what type of trade? Like, I don't even know if they could get back what they gave up to get him, do you? Well, well, you know, what's interesting, Jason, okay, so if you take the seventh pick overall, and I don't remember the defenseman's name that's drafted by Chicago, if you said to me right now, okay, Alex Tabrinka, would you get more than the value of that? I think it's a possibility, but it's only if there's a contract extension in place. So you're really into the Kachuk mode. We'll probably see this Pierre, Pierre Le Dubois, but that's a lot. And trying to maneuver those types of trades, and I go back to Jason Spezza, he nicks Nashville, and at the end of the day, Dallas was the only team playing ball. I guess what you hope is that there's three or four teams involved that want to sign a contract extension, agree to that, and then you get value. But that is really easier said than done. And quite simply, that has to happen between now and July because the Debrinka camp is also going to take their qualifier in July. They're not going to let that slip away. Otherwise, you're in no man's land. So it is really a tricky situation. I do think when I look at Winnipeg and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Halleberg as far as contract extensions, I think there's an out for general managers. And, hey, Huberto and Uyghur on contract extensions, it didn't work last year, but at least from a recovery standpoint, you can do okay. But that is a, a high-risk move and a lot of moving moving parts to, involving it. Sean Simpson joins us from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Michael Anlauer is the new owner of the Sens. 950 mil. Sean, I, if you would have given me whatever odds to say last year, like this time last summer, oh, the Sens in a year are going to sign for 950. I'd have been like, you're oh, man, dreaming. Man, like, yeah. It's it's mind-blowing that it's gone this high because in that sale, there's nothing about a new arena, right? Like, he's still going to no, pay for the arena. No. 
No, and it really is. And and I I think for the NHL, it's awesome. For the owners, it's awesome. You know, Ottawa is a population over a million people. And I've said this many times. I know you're passionate. You want to win. You're going to turn around and and privately finance a new building on top of that. I don't have pretend to know how much uh, money Michael Anlauer has, but I can tell you this from talking to a lot of people at that price tag and with the Canadian dollar where it's at and with the salary cap going up, you are not going to make money. I mean, it is as simple as that and I think people have this fantasy like there's this pot of gold that you know you're going to do this and you're going to build a new building you're going to do all the things Uh, yeah I totally agree with you it's a highly inflated price it puts any person anything if you want to run it as a business and to be honest with you Eugene Melnick came in with the same intentions now he got the team for nothing but he always wanted to spend the cap and then he realized after the team wasn't that great that it wasn't going to work financially so I think Anlauer is in it for the long haul but it's going to need to be fired on all financial cylinders, corporate support, you know, as far as season tickets. And, and a lot of people will come back. There's no doubt that Melnick turned a lot of that off. But man, oh man, you know, it is not going to be a, a license to print money by any means based on the price, but even just on the simple, simple economics. When you look at the National Hockey League and you look at the size of this market, and again, even in comparison to Edmonton, we don't have the same corporate uh, base. So what about the other owners involved here? How minority are they? Well, I think it's super minority, at least from the local group. Now, I do understand, at least I've been told, there are other, other partners, you know, that I think may have a bigger percentage. But the local group, when you talk about 20 people, they really, I think, are more symbolic of, listen, we want to support the team. Ottawa is a community okay. like in Edmonton, like a Green Bay. You know what I mean? We, we want we want this. This is our team. We're going to give you the support. So as far as any say, oh, they're not going to have any. I mean, this is Ann Lauer's baby. I mean, it's Obviously, you guys have to, but I don't think there's going to be some monster board of 25 people and you make decisions. Hey, you're a minority owner. You can say you're part owner of the Senators, but at the end of the day, I don't think there'll be any confusion. Ann Lauer is going to be the big boss. Okay. Um, so lastly, if you look at the Sens, I see them now very similar to the Edmonton Orders, and that's why I didn't pick Ottawa to make the playoffs last year, and I know Sens yeah, fans didn't yeah. like me about it because they didn't have enough yeah. good defense. And they still don't have enough good defense. Now, I really like Sanderson. Yeah. I like him a lot, but they need more there. Are they, like, to bring Cat, if you're trading him, it's for a defenseman, yeah. is it not? No, I, I don't. It's funny you say that, Jason, because I'd be honest with you with, with, uh, with Sanderson and, and Zub and then Shabbat and, and Chikrin, whatever you may think of that, you've made your financial bed. If that can't be your top four and Clevin has come in and played quite well. Now, I knew they need to do something in the third pairing, but quite honestly, like none of those players based on their play and their price tag is going to be in a third pairing. So, no, I actually think they're in pretty good shape. What they need to do is get away from this top six and nothing with Debrink it worked, even when Norris was healthy for a little bit that never worked get away from this idea of loading up build a top nine you know try to go into duos here do some different things if Dabrinkit is back there's been some talk about a guy like Lawton they lost so much in the swing of Formant and Paul and Brown that that would have really solidified the group it was top heavy the top line was good everything after that was no good the bottom six couldn't score so actually that and a legit starting goaltender are actually the big thing so like I said on the defense whether people think of those guys that you know particular ways analytically yeah the, the the bet is made for the top four and it's probably 
probably the most stable it's been. Just a question of how good can Shabbat be? Can Chikrin stay healthy? I'm certainly bullish on Sanderson's upside along with Zub. And then the way Clevin came in, I think you're in good shape. So it, it really is kind of sprinkling around and figuring out that darn forward group. And ultimately, you know, For, Forsberg's a good backup. Um, they really need a starting goaltender. So easier said than done. Lastly, um, what are you hearing about Formington? You know what? I don't hear anything, Jason. And, you know, and that's the part I've been respectful in the whole process. Obviously, there's a reason that he didn't play last year. Um, as to how deep this goes, when this report comes out, uh, who's involved, how you're involved, can you bring him back into the market? Uh, I guess a lot of people feel he's already guilty. But that, like I said, that was a huge loss. You're talking about a young guy coming out of the entry level that had 20 goals. Paul was excellent. Brown was excellent. So, um, you know, to me, if he's cleared, you bring him back in. But as far as kind of speculating on that, I don't think any of the, us know. It's just quite, quite, you know, who the hell's actually involved and when is this darn report finally going to come out and what's the NHL going to do to it or do about yeah. it? Sorry. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be curious uh, for sure. As always, Simmer, yeah. great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Ty. Anytime, brother. Cheers. Let's go uh, Sean Simpson from uh, TSN 1200. It's the Jason Greger Show, and I'm at the Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Uh, we will come back with uh, Help Me Understand. Uh, we got lots of good questions today in the Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 49. Busy Tuesday on the show. Con man uh, crushing it. Guest today. Lots of uh, lots and lots of text line in it. Uh, Ten, twelve, sixty. Let's get to uh, help me understand now. Brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. And uh, if you have a gor- corporate golf tournament, you need shirts, you need mugs, you need pens, you need anything made, top quality. They got all the top brand names. Go to ElitePromoMarketing.com. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Help. I'm afraid I don't understand. Understand? Do you? Help. I don't understand. What? Uh, help me understand. It's too technical for a layman to understand. So let's get to it. Uh, lots of them. Hey, guys, uh, help me understand why the Stingers partner with Polar Bear Brewery and the Riverhawks partner with Alley Cap, but the CFL believes the corporate partnership is better than allowing teams to find their own local deals. If the uh, Elks had multiple local breweries, I would attend more games from uh, Randy. Uh, well, that's uh, I think it's because it's a national and you just get uh, you know bigger uh, – Bigger sponsorship from it would be my uh, my number one reason why it's you know it's pretty long standing. I would guess it's not a year by year deal either. I, I would think that's been a, a pretty long standing one. So uh, it's different. Everybody's going to have different uh, different partners in there. I would I would think um, if you could like I look at um, even if I'm not mistaken, I thought this year at the order games they had a few um, different ones in there. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Someone let me know. But I, I thought I saw a few. Uh, different ones at times so now it's kind of a new thing hey guys help me understand how Deharnay is any different than Nima Linen. I see lots of similarities see I, I think they're quite different in fact uh, I think Vincent Deharnay is a better skater uh, he's also a right shot D and if you look at the the improvement arc that you've seen from him over the last few years there's been bigger improvements uh, I think he's a better penalty killer I understand because of the size. One's a lefty, one's a righty. Uh, you know, there, there's just a shortage of right D for sure. But I, I look at Vincent DeHarnay, and I think there's lots of room to improve there. Uh, now, he has more opportunity, no question. Nima Linen was behind 
you know, some better D, but I felt like Niemalainen, when we saw him in the preseason, man, he was a hitting machine. Then he got into the regular season, and that wasn't the same. So I don't know if that was him or if it was the speed of the game, but he looked very different, I found, in that regard. So I look at Dare like people remember, yeah, Dare had a tough game. Dare in games two to six against Vegas was fine. Very good. I had no issue with him at all. Go look at his numbers. So I think Vincent Deharnay is is a player that Edmonton, for his contract next year, is going to get huge value on the deal from Vincent Deharnay. Gregor, help me understand why you're so opposed to getting Connecty. Connecty and Holloway are better than Fogel and Yamamoto combined, and a cap hit would be similar. Well, it would be 6.5 to 5.8. So, yeah, about one player different. If you want to argue that, right, it's 750k, give or take, so slightly more. Uh, but how are you getting rid of Yamamoto and Fogel? Right, how are you getting rid of them? And so you're right. In theory, if you can magically find two takers, okay. But then still, now what are you giving up to get? You're going to give up. Well, let's say you're giving up Yamamoto in the trade to make the money work. You're giving Yamamoto, Broberg, and what? A first? Because it's not Yamamoto and Broberg. That won't do it. Why are they going to trade a guy who had 30 goals and basically 60 points in 61 games? You're trading for Yamamoto and Broberg? Come on. You're dreaming. It's not going to happen. So now you're going to give up what? Your first rounder next year and Broberg for a winger? How are you improving your defense score? It's not that I don't like Connect Me. It's that's not what Edmonton needs. Scoring, not their issue. It'd be nice. Having more offense would be a nice bonus. Improving their blue line has to be priority number one. It has to be. And so that's why, you know, I'm not going out and, and jumping on Travis Connecty at 5.5 mil. It doesn't, I, I think it's, it's a nice thing to have. It's not a need. That's kind of how I, it's a want, not a need. That would be uh, how I would look at it. A lot more of those. We'll get to those on Thursday again for Help Me Understand. On behalf of uh, Connor Halley, I'm Jason Greger. If you missed any part of the show, go to uh, tsn1260.ca for the podcast, jasongreger.com for all of the interviews. Let's get to the car man now on a Sports Center update brought to you by BIE Engineering, your structural engineering specialist. Whether you're in the process of a rental or building your dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to bieeng.com. Good night. Enjoy the Stanley Cup.